talking, of course, with Wendy Rogers, wendyrogers.org, a candidate in the primary, Republican primary in the 1st Congressional District of Arizona. You know, the President Trump's economic plan is now showing us what it really means when someone who understands the free market uh, gets a hold of the reins of government. Uh, we've seen enormous growth here in our industries. Uh, unemployment is at the lowest level we've, we've had in decades. Uh, how do you see that affecting your people in Arizona and the country as a whole? What a godsend. Can you imagine if Hillary had been elected? I mean, we just take for granted in some respects this economic surge, this economic growth that he has enabled. And you get this question as a candidate, what would you do with the government to help the economy? And I explain, it's not the government's job. It's the government's job to get out of the way so that small business owners like my husband and me can create jobs. And so, you know, you have these one or two generations now of Americans who think that it's the government's uh, role to create jobs. And you have to just shake them by the collar and say, you have it all wrong. I want the government out of my way. And I have been a business owner now for 21 years. I meet payroll to this day every two weeks faithfully. And uh, I take care, you know, I deal with workers' comp and uh, unemployment insurance and all these attendant constraints on small business. And so when I see a president, and I read his book, and I see him coming in and freeing up the market and doing the things that, as you said, someone who understands business needs to do in government, it's, it's just so refreshing. I, I pinch myself every morning I wake up that I'm still in Donald Trump's land. You know, it's great. We are all truly blessed to be in Donald Trump's America. Unfortunately, there's a lot of citizens who haven't learned that lesson yet because they have their eyes and their ears closed. Uh, but nevertheless, one of the great things about Donald Trump, and I know you appreciate this as well, as well, having read his book, everything that he does is a negotiation. When he takes yes. a position, when he takes a position, it sounds uh, to the average person or to someone who doesn't really understand what's going on, it sounds like ridiculous, way out in, way out in the middle of nowhere or crazy or whatever. That's just the opening bid in a negotiation exactly. process. And he is so good at it. He is so phenomenal at it that he is able to bring things to the table that, uh, and bring people to the table like Kim Jong-un. Who would have thought that we would have that opportunity to have peace? And I know you've been in the, you're a military family. So are we. And I, I have to say this. I hope you don't mind. But tomorrow... Uh, the 23rd of June, my own son is graduating uh, U.S. Marine Infantry Officer School in Quantico, Virginia. I oh, give a shout you have out. to go. Uh, I know that. So we are, uh, we are just enormously proud of him and, and all of our veterans. But the fact is, is that we have a president who absolutely understands the importance of the military, the VA. Uh, and I know that you feel that in your family we fail that in our family as well. We're enormously proud of our military and our veterans. And you're right. The VA system is something that uh, we're dealing with here. Where I live, where I practice, and 
Most people know I'm a practicing ophthalmologist. I've been here for 35 years. Uh, the nearest VA hospital is over 100 miles away in any direction. Uh, and I firmly believe that our veterans should have the ability to get their medical care in their local communities. That's something that's really important to me. We have people, some of whom are not really capable of traveling, who have to do a five-hour round trip and sit in a waiting room all day long to get care that's available five minutes from where they live. That is fundamentally wrong. There is no reason for the VA to be dispensing medical care for non-service-connected disabilities. They can pay for it. I don't mind that. But... They should be able to have veterans, should be able to come to local doctors, local physicians, and local facilities to get care instead of the onerous travel. And it's just also a question of choice. They should have the ability to choose their care. I agree. How about we have touched on immigration. One of those topics that really angers me a lot is the sanctuary city, sanctuary state concept. I know you're living, you're living pretty close to one, and, and I noticed that there's a rebellion in the state of California going on right now against a government that is just way out of control uh, in, in so many respects, in taxation and, and that, but also the sanctuary uh, city business. That is just really absolutely insane. Uh, criminals it's corrosive. It, yeah. it undermines the whole uh, notion of, of our country. And I believe that the president is, as you say, in his uh, negotiating way, will be chipping away at that. He's, he's not only a master negotiator, he's a master uh, marketer and uh, communicator. He's a different kind of communicator than Ronald Reagan was because we're in we're in such a toxic um, media environment. Only he knows how to stay three steps ahead of this this toxic media. And so my my sense of it is that he will handle sanctuary cities uh, one of a couple of ways, either by withholding funding, but he has to win the hearts and minds of the people across the country in the heartland first to kind of be able to pull that off. And that's not going to happen overnight. I, I, I get the sense that he has sort of a short uh, game and a long game. And so, or maybe even a medium length game. And so with Sanctuary Cities, my, my gut feel is that he knows he's not going to be able to change that overnight. So if he can secure the border and get people... Uh, on board with how well he's doing that. I mean, his approval rating in and of its own right is, what, 48% or something? I mean, it's phenomenally high, higher than other presidents have had it at this point in their presidencies. So Sanctuary Cities is a little more um, complex and convoluted of a nut to crack, if you will. And also California, we Arizonans uh, are experiencing an influx of people who, quote-unquote, escaped California. My daughter-in-law, the NICU nurse, uh, her parents escaped California just a month ago. I mean, they they sold their house and moved to Arizona because they just can't take the, the environment over there anymore. I have run into so many families who've told me that just in the last well, six weeks, being at events around the state. It's, it's, it's truly remarkable. So, you have a state that has just 
gone off the rails. And um, uh, I think Trump is is really uh, very clever and masterful and is is figuring out and executing on how to handle these uh, communities like Oakland, where the the mayor just, you know, tells the illegals to run and hide before before law enforcement gets there, so to speak. I mean, just flouting the law, just flouting the law. It, it, it's unimaginable. But I believe that he will um, eventually take care of that in his way. A lot of what President Trump does is um, he gets things done while you're looking the other way. I have friends in the administration, one in particular who ran his campaign in Colorado, and he's a Trump appointee uh, to the EPA. And he said, Wendy, a lot of people aren't returning to work at the EPA. They've been given the option to leave. You will find desks and chairs in the hallway a lot if you were to visit here. Because while everybody's focused on the collusion with Russia story, uh, he's emptying out these federal agents one by one. And it's the same thing that's happening in the Department of the Interior. And he is just trimming jobs in the federal bureaucracy in the swamp uh, more than you realize. But he's fine with that because while you're looking at the squirrel in the ceiling over here on CNN or MSNBC, he's over here cleaning up the government. And that's fine. So my sense of it is on sanctuary cities, he's got a plan and he's He's uh, going through the steps, and we may not know what every step is, but I'll bet you that in two years, you're going to see a big difference. You know, he is the embodiment of what our founders really wanted. They wanted limited, very limited federal government. They did not trust a big central government. They didn't want one. They gave the federal government 18 enumerated powers and said, that's it. They had the Ninth and Tenth Amendment and said, the rest of it belongs to the states. I'm a big fan of states' rights. We have to reassert our freedom. I'm talking with Wendy Rogers, candidate for Congress in the 1st District of Arizona, wendyrogers.org. Please contribute generously to her campaign. Donald Trump needs her as an ally in Congress, and it's up to us to help get him that. Wendy, can you give us a summary of exactly what you want to say to our listeners here uh, in the mountains, the Appalachian Mountains, the Smoky Mountains of western North Carolina, north Georgia, and east Tennessee? Well, a big shout-out from Arizona. I was born in Kentucky. Democrats are scared to death of me winning this seat, so much so that they attacked me last week and launched a lawsuit to try to disqualify me from the ballot. We won in court yesterday handily, and the judge uh, rendered a very strongly worded opinion. Uh, we had hundreds and hundreds of more signatures than were necessary, and uh, I was very proud to have uh, prevailed. But it speaks to the fact that they do not want a principled military veteran, a woman veteran, who's not an entitlement-oriented uh, whiner. <laughs> Uh, in Congress. Uh, I I ask for your support, your love, your wishes, and your prayers uh, that we prevail. And um, I'd be very grateful for your support. And I know you can't vote for me, but I can vote for you. And um, this is a great country, a great nation, and I will serve our nation uh, with every breath in my body. And God bless you all. Thank you. And thank you, Dr. Dan, for all that you do for our cause. Wendy, Rogers.org is where you can help me. Thank you. And 
that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. My special guest is retired Lieutenant Colonel Wendy Rogers. God's will is what occurs, and so that naturally brings up the subject of abortion. What are your thoughts on that practice? I am 100% pro-life. I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother, and uh, I was uh, skewered for this, interestingly, uh, recently. I give a lot of uh, events out in the public eye, and so the Democrats track me. They send these, these young men to my events to try to slip them in to record me. Uh, we're on to them uh, much more astutely now than we were at the beginning. So one of them slipped into a restaurant event uh, down in the town of Maricopa, which is between Phoenix and Tucson. And so there I was out on the patio of a Mexican uh, food restaurant, and we had 30 or 40 people there listening. And I was asked about uh, my pro-life stand. And I explained how our daughter and I had traveled to Eastern Europe. We, uh, my husband and I and children were stationed in Europe, of course, for eight years. And our daughter and I uh, went to Auschwitz on a, on a trip through Eastern Europe uh, a few years ago. And I explained how uh, the devolution of a country to where um, there's an Auschwitz situation, where there's a culture of death and life is, is not uh, regarded well and and human beings are are killed i equated that to what is happening uh in our country with abortion so i got tape recorded unbeknownst to me and that was given then to the huffington post and so the huffington post tried to skewer me put out an article you can find it online uh that said you know congressional candidate wendy rogers uh compared abortion to Auschwitz. Well, we doubled down back on that. 
And we put that up on my Facebook and said, I am proud to stand for life. And I am proud to go against the Huffington Post. And I'm proud that they're trying to skewer me for this because this is really what is happening. And sure enough, the Pope came out and even made the comparison, what, two or three days ago. So my Facebook exploded with support. Seven, eight, nine thousand people saying, yeah, you're right, Colonel Rogers. You're right. You were correct to uh, compare abortion to the killing camps of Auschwitz. So people are hungry for someone who is resolute, clear-voiced, and unafraid to say what she thinks. And furthermore, our daughter-in-law is a neonatal intensive care nurse, NICU nurse, the mother of our grandchildren. She took my husband and me, before she married our son, she took us on a tour of her neonatal intensive care unit at Banner Desert Hospital in Mesa, Arizona. And folks, if you go, if you get offered to go see a NICU unit, you really need to, because you just can't believe how little these babies are who are living, who have all these tubes coming out of them. A baby can live at 24 weeks gestation. So I think technology bodes well for the pro-life movement so that when uh, you can hear a heartbeat, you know that is a life. When it's conceived, it is life, period, dot, end of sentence. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, was really a racist, anti-black, closet Nazi and the darling of the Ku Klux Klan. For her, abortion was a tool to purify the white race uh, by selectively aborting babies of inferior races. And much of the discussion in the Supreme Court opinions in Roe v. Wade centered around the question of when life begins. Now that DNA evidence is available, the answer is really simple. Because once the sperm penetrates the ovum, cells are created whose DNA is unique. Namely, not the same as either the mother or the father. So I would ask you, isn't unique, unique DNA the definition of independent life? I believe it is. Yes. And so that's what you have. And I will remind you that we are talking with retired Lieutenant Colonel Wendy Rogers, a candidate for Congress in the Arizona 1st District, wendyrogers.org. We must support her. We must support her financially because with her in Congress, we will have another Christian conservative representative to support the agenda of our president, Donald Trump. So let's talk about the Second Amendment. How, what do you feel about the Second Amendment, and how do you, would you go about supporting it and fighting those who want to take away the, one of the most important rights that we have as American citizens? I am a lifetime member of the NRA. I am a lifetime member of Arizona Citizens Defense League, which is even uh, more conservative than the NRA. I am uh, a concealed carry weapons permit holder. Everyone in my family is. Uh, we carry. Uh, we practice. And I shot expert every year as an aviator in the military. We, of course, had compulsory training every year because we were flyers. And so I am a huge uh, proponent of the Second Amendment. That is another big deal in Arizona, as you might imagine. Uh, we're an open carry state now. And yet uh, there was legislation that 
didn't get passed, but it was a little scary there uh, even just a few short months ago in our state legislature that talked all about uh, detainment and uh, a paraprofessional determining civilly uh, if you could be held or not against your will. These are all infringements on the Second Amendment. And um, that is probably the second biggest uh, burning issue in my district, especially in the northern part of my district, in the more rural areas, which are are very um, primitive. Uh, We have one county in particular where 60% of the county has no Internet and no running water. And the county commissioner, the county supervisor up there, is a former Army, and he told me, and we're, we've become very good friends. He's a mentor of mine. And he said, Wendy, I served in Afghanistan twice, and it has better services than my county. Well, what does that say? Uh, but back to your point, protect our guns. That is just a fundamental right, and I will do everything I can to do that. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We'll be right back after this quick break.